I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Susana Medrano. Um, Susana, after being after 15 years of being part of the legal industry and working for several national and local nonprofits, she decided to make a change in her career path. Um, and bio is very, uh, very impressive, Susana. And, and first of all, I guess I'll start with thank you for coming on the show today. I very much appreciate your time. Well, thank you for the invite. I'm very honored to be yeah, part absolutely. of your show today. So why don't you tell us your story? Because that's going to be way better than me. You know, sort of reading reading from the bio. <laughs> sure. So, I mean, we can go as far back as, you know, I was just a country girl out of a out of a community, you know, about 45 miles north of Austin. And um, from there, my parents probably wanted me to go to Texas A&M and be a vet, but I did the complete opposite. I went to the University of Texas at Austin and, of course, majored in government because, you know, that was going to get me so many doors opened. In the world, right? Hence the 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 always does. Yeah, you know, since the you know the whole pilgrimage of of being a liberal arts major, right? So, you know, right out of college, went in uh, and started working for a corporate law firm, processing H two B visas, getting to meet all different kinds of interesting people, and then from there, I I, I kind of deviated a little bit and then started um, because. I became an executive assistant for a reverend, uh, actually the reverend Lydia Hernandez uh, here in Austin, who was one of the nurses that supported Cesar Chavez. So then that kind of opened up a whole new idea within me that was kind of like a sleeping giant that, man, there are a lot of people that need help. And so, you know, from that industry of helping uh, at, at the time, and this was in the early 2000s, helping immigrants here in Texas, and then that that went into the American Cancer Society, helping cancer patients, and then here I am at a at a gala in twenty in 2012, 2013, and I run into a friend of mine, and I was a few scotches in, and he's like, Susana, why don't you bec- why don't you become a realtor? Why don't you, why don't you just quit your job? Let's just, let's just go and, and come and work for me here at this company, which the company had never heard of. Like it was a brand new company and I trusted my friend. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had this Jason, but like kind of a midlife crisis in thirties where you start to question who you are, what's your value to life. And it started to become, what is my legacy going to be? Like, what is my legacy going to be? So. After pondering, of course, a few scotches in this life change of me quitting my job of making thirty five thousand a year and going from, uh, you know, all the uh, the perks of that, the 401k, the you know, paycheck to paycheck, I decided if not now, when? And so I quit my job. I got licensed as a Texas realtor within three months and surrendered to this profession in this industry. And 
I can tell you, I sit in front of you today making, that was probably one of the best decisions I had ever made in my life, but it was also probably one of the most frightening decisions that I had made in my life because I had no safety net. I had, I mean, I had parents, but they weren't going to bail me out at making this like complete life shift. You know, I had friends that started second guessing. Are you sure? <laughs> Susanna, you, are you sure you want to get into sales? Like, you know, who, what is this? You know, I had, you know, had the world against me, but I think there was the timing of it. And it was, it just seemed so right at the time for me to do something for myself, not for anybody else. And in that I played all in and I started off as a, as a buyer agent at, at a, at a brokerage here in Austin uh, called Waters International Realty. And nine years later, after scaling every year within, within the funnel and, and having trajectory, I'm now the national sales and leadership coach, not only for that brokerage, but for all other teams that now uh, participate within our model. And it all goes back to a friend challenging me, thinking that I was cut out to do something more than I even ever thought I was ever capable of doing. Sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of just people I talk to on the podcast, a lot of people, there's that that moment. There's that moment in life where you are um, you're at a gala, whatever it is, right? You're you're doing something and suddenly it's like whether someone challenges you or you just have this moment of realization, you lose a job, you have a child, what something happens and it's directly impactful as to how you see the rest of your life. But you, you mentioned it, you know, it's like in, now in hindsight, you can look back and say that was the best decision I've ever made. But at the time, it's a it's a scary, you know, sort of big step to make. And I would assume that you're kind of you're going from a a salaried job or an hourly job or something like that, where where you have uh, what people like to refer to as as stable income. That's a different. That's a d- debate. A potential entirely quote, different. Comfortable, debate. right? And right. quotations, comfortable. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um, but but going to uh, likely a commission based job, and so it you know now it now it's all on you you know, sales, sales, commission-based jobs, entrepreneurship, all, all of that. It, it's like the, the potential is so much higher, but you have to, you you maybe start lower than you were. You have to take a step back. 1000%. You have to take a step back. I mean, my fiance and myself at the time, we were down to one car. Like we were just trying to make things on our own and to make this kind of life change I mean, it was like, no, we're going to play all in. And and yes, you know, at the very beginning, it was pretty frightening. But I think it's it's one of those times. And I and I and I reflect back, you know, at all these other potential opportunities that I could have missed out on. I don't think I wouldn't have I would have had as much success had I not taken the opportunity as it presented itself in the way that it did and just fully surrender, like to fully surrender into a, a new profession to embark on it and to start fresh and raw and just learn, relearn things that, you know, we all think that we know everything, some of us, <laughs> but, but to be able to re to refocus on just yourself and, you know, the specific actions that you start taking and, you know, staying in positive mindset, positive behaviors 
will always provide you positive results. And, and I know we can say that so many people have books about it, right? But it's true. Like yeah. the actions yeah. you take, the positive behaviors you have, how can you not win? But no, they all have to be, they all have to be an equal, a, yeah. a, an equal triangle, right? They all have to be in an equal triangle. You, and you have to, you have to believe it, right? right. You have to, you, you know, you're, like you said, like, there's lots of books out there about it. There's, there's all, you know, people talk about it on podcasts. I talk about it with guests on this podcast all the time. Those, those mindset shifts that you have to make, you have to believe them. You have to believe that this is the right move. You have to believe that it that you know changing a career tra- trajectory is is the right move, and you have to you have to know why it's the right move. And it's it's it doesn't it sometimes takes that other person to suggest it to you or but you know what I mean because it is because because as you said you know use use the perfect word of comfort. It's very comfortable to just keep going to work. Right. It's very, yeah, it's, it's very it's comfortable okay. to it's get okay, the paycheck you know? to have, yeah. it's very comfortable to stay the same. And so if you want to be, uh, I'm going to butcher this quote, but I, I swear I just saw it yesterday. It was something about like, if you want tomorrow to look different, you have to change today. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's very true. And, it, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a thing that, that I'm currently going through. I'm sort of transitioning out of the, uh, you know, the, the, the W2 world into mm-hmm. more of an entre- entrepreneurship. And it's like, at the moment, I make way less money than I, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's definitely uncomfortable and I have a family. And so, so it's like, you have to, but I, I hundred percent believe in the direction that this is going to take us in my family. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you kind of went through those same shifts at the time in, in what you, what you saw for your future. Sure. Well, there were two, maybe three areas where I I now know that if if anybody's ever, you know, having a mid 30 or mid 20 or mid 40, 50 crisis and you decide to quit your job one day and start something new, the first thing is you have to be open and willing to become a student of whatever it is of whatever the direction you're about to go into. You know, I'm a government Mexican-American studies major. I First thing I did is I got a sales book. I'll never, I'll never forget. It was the Dirk Zeller Telephone Skills for Dummies. And as you can kind of see in my office, I'm now surrounded by probably a good 500 books. And, you know, and, and being able to go from agent to leader to now coach, yeah. I mean, I'm self-taught. Like, I, I, there's no time to go back to school. We're already in the middle of it, right? And so the, the thing that drove me was – well, first off was the financial freedom aspect, but also it it went back to, if not now, when? And at the time when I was making the shift, my father started, unfortunately, going through another battle of cancer. And as the firstborn Latina, <laughs> both sides of the family, you know, it, it made it very real and very raw for me. If, you know, if not me, who? Not to say that anybody else in my family wasn't capable, but I also didn't. I didn't want to put it on anybody else. Like this was my time to take care of the very people who got me to be able to be comfortable, right. To be able to not have to question, you know, things. And so those, those aspects really drove me into fully surrendering into a brand new profession and also taking it one, like so serious about making every day 
leaving it all in the field. Like it just completely reignited me every day. I mean, I was waking up so excited to prospect at 8 a.m. It just, you know, I couldn't even wait to get my shoes on and go to the office. And so, and it's funny now in self-reflection when I tell other agents as I'm coaching them, that's the reality. But when it's meant to be, that's how it should be. It doesn't matter how bad it yeah. sucks, right? But yeah. when it's meant to be, that's how it should be. Yeah. 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 It, it, there's going to be parts of every journey scale what you know building of these business whatever your business is even even if it's outside of real estate there's going to be portions along the way where you're going to have to do the part that isn't fun right and and, and but if you you have you push that out of your mind and you sort of approach it like you said like i i woke up and i was happy to prospect not because probably not because you were like excited to you know have a bunch of people tell you no. a hundred no's before a yes yeah right. all, but, the, all the rejection yeah right but but if you look at it from from sort of flip it around you're like but but i get to get some yeses That's if right. i get through all those no's right Absolutely. and it's like it, it's the same thing you know when, when i'm raising capital for a deal it's like uh, it was hard at first like i you know a lot of people are gonna say no and but then what i realized was like but when someone does say yes and they get it they get these opportunities that we're you know sort of offering to them like that feeling it's like you said leaving it out on the field i'm I'm really a big sports fan and it's kind of like it is like you you have you know a really tough game it's 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 a a, you know a dogfight the whole whatever sport you want to use but like but you manage to win it on a last last second field goal or a last Mm -hmm. second whatever home run you know something it's that's what you're that you realize that that the, all the time leading up to it was directed towards that portion of it and and helping another person right so it's a uh, it's a really cool a really cool concept to to talk about and like believe in like the like you that process you went through what did you do i mean aside from you know kind of these these Mind chef, mindset, mindset shifts. Uh, what what actions did you really take? What what did you what did you do to kind of put these things in motion? Sure. So I found myself every morning it, it actually being a new day, building up on that new day. So you know, in sales and specifically in real estate, there's there's wins, there's losses, right? There's hunters, there's gatherers. Like you get to learn all sorts of things, but, you know, to just go out and do it to my full capacity every day and then whatever happens, happens. And then to detach, detach from it and then the next morning start up again and, and do it even better. Now learning from where I failed the day before, it's all about failing forward. I think that's another thing that I think a lot of people are sometimes hard on themselves to admit that, but mm-hmm. that's how one gets better. You know, even later in life and in, in, in understanding that, you know, in my first year in real estate with the team structure that we had, I helped close to 45 families, you know, sold over 12, $13 million worth of real estate. And I know to go from, $35,000 a year to, you know, well over six figures, I think I made the right decision in life. Right. But, but by, by betting on myself and, and it being all on me, it was all on me, whether I got up in the morning to do something or whether I got up in the morning to not do something. And so from that, the things that I took from it are, 
You know, if if someone is wanting to make impact, if somebody's wanting to grow, if somebody is wanting to like change their current setting and they want to give real estate a try, I have helped coach so many agents now, not only in Central Texas, but across the country, where just in the last year or two now in my new role, I've seen them go from buyer agents now, either being a top performing listing agent and or, um, you know, being an actual in in the queue in leadership within the organizations right now. And a lot of it is the fact that they surrendered the sweet surrender to to whatever it is they were doing. They trusted in the process and they became a student. So they didn't try to reinvent the wheel or think that there's any corners to cut. Like these, these realtors are, you know, before me, they've written something about it. Why would I, why would I try to deviate from something different? If I, if I don't know if it's going to work, I, of course, I'm going to trust someone who is a proven tested situation. And luckily I lucked out with our brokerage that, you know, it was one of the things that, and is still one of the things that helps me scale. Like I'm going to be writing a book in the next month on, on scripts, like to go from a girl in Leander, Texas, you know, ranching community that was supposed to just be potentially average somewhere. And to know, and and to know that I'll be writing a book next year and that people are probably going to read it. Like it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that's, uh, I love it. The people are probably going to read it. I'm sure that they will. And and it's a, when you when you reach that point where you've kind of gone through that growth and and now you're able to have a large impact you know whether that's through writing a book or whatever whatever your platform is and and now you're not even necessarily helping one person at a time you write this book and now it's like thousands of people buy the book you know you you've got you've got and and read it and it helps them like it's just really a cool thing to to scale your business, but but realizing that by scaling the business, you can actually scale your your impact on your community as well. So it's pretty pretty cool. Absolutely, picture to realize. Absolutely, Jason. I mean, it started with just helping the homeowner. You know, whether they were buying or selling, and seeing that spark and igniting and building that relationship and helping someone that thought they couldn't find what they were looking for, I hate to quote you too, or, you know, or so, or, or somebody who, you know, needed to sell and there's challenges, you know, usually, you know, six out of the seven reasons there's a challenge there and, and helping someone, you know, and, and being able to get rid of an asset that, you know, may have a lot of memories. And from that, the spark of the clients did something within me where I wanted others to experience, you know, kind of experience that those same kind of wins. And so, it just organically started shifting to where I was just playing it forward with just debate the agents within my team. I'm like, Hey, no, say it this way. Hey, no, no, do it this way. Or yeah, come along and join me on this, this consultation I'm going to do. Let me show you how to show a property. And then that just started to just didn't become like a, it wasn't a job to me anymore. Jason. it was just something that just to be able to see the spark in people when they get it and to, to know that it is what they're meant to be doing. Yeah. Um, there's something there I can't explain, but it, it, it ignites me every time. And it makes me so damn happy to be able to wake up every morning and know that at mm-hmm. some point today, someone's going to have an aha. And I may have been the person that may have created that for them. And they, it's like a little pebble. They, whether it's maybe 
that client that they close in 30 days or whether they're another leader that's going to help someone out of another pickle, you know, to be able to play it forward and create those ahas for other people. Like there's, there's no other better, there's no other better role in the world for me. Like I, I would have never thought that it goes back to, you know, the decision I made in the summer of, of 2013 and to be in front of you saying, I found my passion in life. I mean, it's ex- extremely important. And if you're, if, if it is your passion in life, like it's, it's almost, I think it's almost impossible to not succeed. Right. It's like, if you, if you believe that strongly in it and it's like, it's something that you would, you would do regardless of the result, then you, you, you can really be, yeah. you, you, it, it, there's no end in sight really. So at, at, as a, a national sales and leadership coach, what, are you doing any more sales or are you just absolutely. working directly in terms of training? Absolutely. I, I went to go visit one of my former clients that I sold a home in 2016 yesterday. Uh, I helped him buy something in 2016 because he had had uh, a baby on the way and uh, had recently gotten married. And then life shifts six years later, I get the phone call from him about a month ago and said, hey, Susana, so the baby's doing fine. They're now in middle school. Or, you know, and we're getting divorced. So can you come sell my house? So, I mean, the thing for me, and I, and I go, I think this goes for everybody who is in any kind of leadership position or is ever playing it forward. If you are not in a position to get your hands dirty, just like what you expect from others, what kind of buy-in are you ever going to have from people? Absolutely. I still help my buyers. I still help my sellers. I, I think, at the end of the day, I'm a realtor first, and then everything else kind of bubbles up around that. Like my my gift is the fact that, you know, taken from all the other roles that I've had, you know, since college, it I can package it up very well and to become this, this badass realtor, right? But in that, you know, I need to know and stay in tuned with what the market does. I mean, we're in the middle of a market shift. I, I've lived through some of that, you know, four or five years ago. It's kind of replaying it, just the different set of set of, you know, characters, but at the end of the day, it, it is about that. It's, it is about you still need to stay true to what got you in a leadership, in a leadership position to begin with. And if not, I've seen a lot of people just get lost in that or get, or, you know, five le- levels of leadership. Sometimes they just get stuck in the first or second level of just the title or just the position or just, you know, you have to do things because I'm I'm telling you to know it. I, I have found that if I am a leader that is willing to sac- make the same sacrifices that my agents are making and also get my hands dirty, take a phone shift and nobody wants it, you know, conduct an open house of agents aren't available. It just builds up even more credibility on that is what it that's what it takes. That's what it takes in this profession. And and if they're not gonna able to do it, I'll do it for them. Yeah, I love that. I think the, I I 100 agree that that's a huge part of leadership. In in that you will, nothing's a nothing's below you. I guess nothing's beneath you in the sense that like, yes, you might have moved up the ranks, you might have scaled your business, you you're now you know, part of the national team for whatever company. But it's it's at the end of the day, like you really do kind of need to know how to be there at the ground level when you can't forget where you came from, right? You can't forget where you came from. When you forget where you've come from, that breeds into problems. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that management leadership that's too far removed from what is actually happening at the, you know, I don't know, boots on the ground level, it, it I think it just gets it gets very disconnected and 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 doesn't work well. I think that's a that's a huge, a huge thing. Um let me let me shift gears a little bit, Susan. I want I want to ask you um some of the questions that I get to ask every guest. And I I want to you're unique uh to some of my like to a lot of my guests um in that you come from like the real estate sales world which is pretty cool so i may i may tweak the questions a little bit um but first one is uh related to the name of the show being know your why and so what is your why what 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 drives you i know you've talked a bit about some of the those broader pictures but but for you what what's that thing that that makes every day exciting what makes Every day exciting for me is to be able to be relentless every day. And, and and what I mean by that is, you know, what started off for me early on in my why and my, in my you know, the, in this trials and tribulations was financial freedom to be in a financial place that I could make better decisions, not only for myself, but for my family. But now it's about helping position others to make those same types of decisions. Um and and know that someone has already failed forward for them because <laughs> you know if i'm going to give you advice i probably have already screwed it up at least three or four times and so that's my why it's like hey you know what here's here here's here's an here's an aha let me go ahead and let me go ahead and give you the answer to the test i already know you're going to screw up in 2 months because of the way you're going you may still go your own route and still do this but let me go ahead and tell you this is what you need to look out for these are the bumps in the road and then that's the you know the the thing in the thing yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's a it's really funny that the well, I guess it's it's just a matter of, you know, kind of trying to shorten the learning curve for other yeah. people that that shorter than what you had, it, if, if you know, you don't have that same guidance. And it, it's true. It's like you, most of I feel like a, for me, too, a lot of what I've learned has been by making the mistakes and being or not even necessarily a mistake. It's like, oh, I did it this way. That's probably not the best possible way that you can do it. And so let's let's explore these, these better options. So I think it's, it's a really great to be in that situation where you're, you're teaching others and helping them hopefully avoid some of those scenarios. Well, it's a profession that, you know, there's a million plus realtors in the United States. And in that there's probably a hundred, 150,000 realtors in our, my state of Texas. And I can tell you early on when I was a novice realtor, have, you know, having a lot of opportunity early on, you know, 45 transactions in the first year, then 60, and then being able to go around the multitude of the other side and how sometimes the other side is just, what are they thinking? Like, you know, is this your one or two houses that you're going to sell this year? And knowing that, you know, what if I could make an impact on this profession by making people better? Because not only not only for the consumer, like we can't even go there yet if we can't even fix how how our profession is, but making our profession better so that the consumer can have even a better experience. Like it started just to it started to ignite within me the importance of that and just to really play it forward and represent. I mean, I don't care even if someone's on an another side of a transaction that's in a different brokerage. Very recently I had to sell my brother-in-law's house and there was a, a fairly new agent. It 
it came out once I got the offer. This is probably the first offer this agent had ever done. And, you know, it's okay to nudge them and just say, hmm, okay, so you really want to put that on box 11? Do you really want to put that on box? Because at the end of the day, here's the thing, Jason, it's going to affect me at the end of the day, even my client, if something is not put correctly, right? So what's the harm in me helping advise someone? Of course, I'm not betraying or going against, you know, making sure that my client wins and everything, right? But it's, you know, taking a few moments to just kind of help guide someone so that it can be smooth for everybody. Or I could be just the complete opposite and just and and hold someone back and then knowing thus it's going to directly impact my client. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean know? I mean it makes total sense. And it's like you're if if you're able to sort of step back and just say, I don't I'm I'm just here to help and and people can accept that, then that's I mean that's huge. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter which side you're helping, right? Everybody right. at the end of the day, they realistically want the same thing. You know, whoever's selling their house is, is selling their house because they need or want to, and whoever's buying the house is buying because they need or want to. And it's they just need like, or want to too. You let's need just to make it, let's make it a great experience for everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Why do we have might, to be against each other? <laughs> right. Might as well just have it go well. There's no there's no reason to to make it this contentious thing. So no, no, makes makes a lot of sense. Um Tell us something about yourself that isn't common knowledge, uh, a special skill, a hobby, something that, you know, just lets people get to know you a little better. Well, would you think that I can cook a mean brisket or pork butts? Uh, some One of my secret passions on the weekends, if I have a weekend free, is being able to get up at like three or four in the morning, get my smoker pit going with some cherry wood and some post oak. And throw on a 15 pound brisket and just nurse the hell out of it for 12 hours. And that, you know, by the time that you're smelling the smoke and dealing with the meat and fighting with trying to get it at that 165 temp before you can wrap it. And then you got to wait to get it to 202. It has to be 202, not 203, 202 to finally pull it out, pull it off. But by that point, you don't even want a bite of that damn brisket. It's about having the others that are going to come to your house to enjoy it. So for me, I, in the last three years, it was my dad's smoker. And in honor of him, I, I, I say I always, I'm, send, I'm sending him cosmic smoke signals <laughs> kind of in the middle of the night. But it, 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 it makes me feel very connected with him because that's what he would do. And it's like, um, for me, I've become... From what I'm being told, you know, if my, even my father-in-law just recently complimented me. I cooked two racks of ribs on Sunday and and smoked some sausage. And he's like, damn, Susana, girl, you're getting better. I'm like, you know, that means a lot. I, I, I Yeah, thank you. I, you know, I, I got up at four just for you so that at noon you could have this perfect, you know, perfect plate of, right. you know, plate of ribs. So for me, yeah, that's just something that people may not know about me is that in addition to being an avid reaver and a realtor and a coach and a whatever. I like to, I like to smoke barbecue and I am a big, big Green Bay Packers fan. Hence my Vince Lombardi right behind me. Packers? Dad and Vince Lombardi. There you go. The, like, the, the smoking brisket fits if you grew up outside of Austin, but the the Green Bay Packers doesn't fit. That doesn't. Well, you <laughs> know, well, my dad was a big tech uh, Dallas Cowboy fan early on. And okay. as a little girl, yes, apparently, unbeknownst to me, there may have been a cheerleading outfit in one of my Halloween costumes as a girl. But but later, like probably around, you know, junior high, high school and being forced to watch football on Sundays and watch the Cowboys and my dad and the whole thing. 
I I instantly picked the most annoying team caught like like uniform to just be the one that I would cheer on. And it stuck. I mean, to this day, I have the cheese head. I'm not allowed to, my wife doesn't let me go out in public with it, but I try to sneak it out on Sunday games. And it's just has become a thing over the last 10 or 15 years. People just know. I mean, I even have Packer underwear. It's just a weird, it's just a weird thing. So <laughs> if your dad's a Dallas fan, he must hate that. I mean, that's he a, did. It that's was a, a fun. Rivalry. It was a fun time to watch those games. I mean, they would always play each other at least once a year, and it would be right. an interesting there's time. Some, there's been some uh, some big games between them. Yeah, I, that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, that that actually for me surprises me far more than the brisket thing because I, I used to live in Houston. We had okay. friends that lived in Austin. It was like, I there is nothing better than Texas barbecue. Like there, and it, and it's. Mm-hmm. I live in Los Angeles now, and like. We tr- we've tried to get Texas barbecue from restaurants. It's, no, you. It's apparently impossible to do outside of Texas because it is such a like yeah. It's such a process that that you know, like you said, like it's got to get to two hundred two. Like I know what you're talking about because I've tried to do it and it's, it's <laughs> like I've never been happy with the ones I've made. It's like no, Jason. It's the stall. It's that stall yeah. to 165 and that's when you have to wrap it and if you don't it will dry out and if you do it prematurely it's like this rough piece of like meat that you can't even slice it's there's just something magical about that 165 stall and you got and it's usually a two or three hour stall before you can wrap it it's true it's true I, I don't know how many people listening to this are going to have any idea what we're talking about right now but I know exactly what you're talking about and brisket is like uh, probably my favorite thing in the world to eat. Like I, I would, whenever we would get barbecue and still, even, even though it's not Texas barbecue, like we get barbecue. I, I love brisket. So, um, I will someday, uh, well, you can need follow to show me. up, show you up in Austin. And you, yeah. If you come to Austin, I'll definitely, I'll definitely cook you a brisket or even the other thing uh, I've, I've been really getting perfecting is my pork ribs, but I'll do this. Like a lot of my agents follow me. I mean, that's kind of the thing. I follow them too. And yeah. like in my stories, I will start with step one, like the, my, you know, the ribs from the grocery store, right? Yeah. When I start my fire, you know, the, the, the actual spritz that I use, it's always crown royal, apple, apple, vine, uh, apple vinegar, honey and apple juice all mixed in together, you know, third or third or third. And, you know, they get to see the whole steps. And then by Monday, I I hear from them, Susana, like you made us go get it. You made us go get some cheap ass barbecue somewhere. And even though it wasn't probably as good as yours, but your yeah. story really presented it very well. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll definitely uh, check it out, but it maybe and maybe I can get, get some tips and get one right. I just can, I've, I just can never get it quite right. Um, <laughs> when, we just went off the rails. Sorry, Jason. It's no, just, no, I love it. That's, that's perfect. Thing. That's perfect. Um, and, and that actually it brings up a good, good segue to the next question, which is when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, whether it's for realtor advice or um, sure. smoking brisket advice and ribs, what, what's the best way to get a hold of sure. you? Uh, the best and fastest way is going to be uh, through my Instagram is susana.madrano. Uh, would be the fastest way. You can also find me at Waters International Realty, where I'm still a a realtor, but then also, you know, all the other supporting roles that I have within the organization. I am also offering a free uh, sales course currently on prospecting better. It's salesminicourse.com. So if anybody wants to check that out and just uh, it's a free three-part course, it's like 30 minutes of just trying to help 
motivate whoever is having some um, some some aversion to doing the very thing that we as realtors need to be doing, which is prospecting. Um, that's also another way to find me as well, okay. Jason. Perfect, perfect. We'll get we'll get all that in the show notes too, so that they have it. Um, last question for you, Susana. What what is what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is starting out? Um, you know, I guess staying on topic, starting out in, as a realtor, you know, kind of sure. trying to get into that field that, that maybe they're making that transition that you made um, from your, your legal and nonprofit career. What, what would you tell them to to sort of help them out? I'm sure some of this is in that um, uh, education. What I would tell them is every day they have to give it their absolute hell. And in Spanish, it translates to dale ganas, meaning every day that you are trying to make something of yourself in the industry of real estate or even in sales, you got to play all in. And, and there are going to be days where you get in your head about it, that you think that you can't, doesn't matter. You got to, you got to just throw that off. You got to throw that off your shoulder and you just got to give it your absolute hell. Okay. I think that's great advice. There's not, I, I truly believe if you do that, you can't, can't go wrong there's no you can't you'll if you if you give it everything you got every day and you don't quit there's no failing you'll just just keep you'll you'll get there it'll it who knows how long it takes but you'll get there another day of scaling yep exactly exactly well listen this is amazing thank you so much for coming on the show today i appreciate your time i appreciate um, everything that you shared with us uh i appreciate the brisket tips and i (laughs) I I look forward to I'll, I'll have to try again and I'll I'll follow all your ty- your tips and I'll I'll uh, good. let you know how it goes. All right, thank you, Jason. It's been thank an honor, so. and thank you so much for this opportunity. Absolutely, thank you. All right, we'll sign out there. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.